You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. My name is Mickey Papillon, and this is the Cell Phone Junkie. We're at show number 54. Today joining me, I have Joey. How are you today? Doing well, Mickey. Good to have you back on the show after a couple weeks of, of some special guests with, uh, with Dave and with Jerry um, over the last two shows. Certainly appreciate their time on the show, but glad to have you back from your, your worldly travels. I know you spent some time uh, out on the East Coast and... Uh, you know, things like that. So we're glad to have you back with us. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, got some good information here and uh, a couple questions here at the end of the show that we'll go, go over as well. Uh, got to start off with the proverbial uh, requirement of the iPhone and everything that's going on this week. Well, shortly after show number 53 was released, we came upon information that says that the iPhone will be released on June 29th. And if you're listening to this show... Uh, you're probably a, a big follower of the mobile technology field, and uh, you probably heard this about a week ago, and it was released uh, last Sunday, and a lot of people saw the, these commercials that were put out by Apple on 60 Minutes, and basically they're, they show all the, all the stuff that we, we knew was going to be out there um, that was shown by Steve Jobs back at uh, Macworld back in January. You know, with everything from the accelerometer to the, uh, you know, to the touchscreen and and the the cover flow for the iTunes and everything like that. So it uh, doesn't look like a lot has changed. But June 29th, which is a Friday, in fact, about two weeks from right now is when that's going to be released. Did I say two weeks? About three weeks from now is when that's going to be released. <laughs> I'm just getting way too excited about this, Joey. Um, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait for this. I can't wait to see everything that they're going to have. You know, included with it when they release it, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be going to be huge. I think. I think it will be big too, and it it has a potential to be very big as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, three million is the the rumored number of iPhones that are going to be available, and uh, this is, like I said, a rumor. And uh, the Boy Genius Report is where I'm pulling this information from, and he's saying that uh, potentially three million available for shipping as well as available in the stores. Um, don't know this with any degree of certainty, but what we can tell you is that um, if that in fact is the number, that's going to be very positive for Apple and for all the people who want to get their hands on one, as that would be uh, a good number initially to to get out to the people that want to buy it uh, right away and um, you know we'll do anything at you know any cost to get their hands on this so um, we'll kind of go with that and we'll see we'll see if that uh, if that all pans out so again well, three that, yeah that can kind of confirms what uh, Dave Sconey said on your show uh, your uh, two shows ago um, that he expected to have uh, a, he had heard that there was going to be a lot available in the stores so yeah and if you know, if we take a look at at three million over two thousand retail stores, um, you know we can expect obviously not to see quite that many at each store. But when you take into account the number of people that are going to want to have it shipped to them uh, from a direct purchase off of probably Apple or AT and T's website, if I had to guess, um, that'll give them a nice a nice amount of inventory. And yeah, it was uh, um, a good comment by Dave on fifty show fifty two that yeah, this is what it's going to have to happen. 
um, for people to be happy and excited about this phone. So yeah. Well, Amped Mobile, Amped Mobile has decided to file Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and uh, they are a an MVNO carrier that runs on the Verizon network, and they have about 200,000 subscribers. And up until now, their niche had been uh, on, more on the media side, and you'd be able to uh, download different music and videos, and you know, TV clips and and all sorts of other. Uh, things that uh, you could consume media-wise on a, a, a plethora of different devices that they had, including the Motorola Q. Um, but it looks like they're growing too fast, and they're having cash flow problems. And Chapter 11 has been filed. And the biggest thing that comes out of this is not whether or not that they're going to stay afloat, because this is more of a restructuring than anything, um, but because they're an MVNO, if they're going to be able to even continue to operate about $33 million of the, what they're saying is $100 million owed um, to its debtors right now. $33 million is with Verizon Wireless. And Verizon, uh, back on June 5th, said, um, you've got 10 days uh, to cough up $4.5 million or we're going to be shutting you down. So this could be a big blow to not only the Amp to Mobile subscribers that uh, would be basically out of a contract out of, or out of service um, and uh, out of you know all the fun stuff that they've decided to choose Amped as their carrier to go with. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't have a whole lot else to say about that, but it's, it's really kind of, a, kind of an issue and um, yeah. you know, too, yeah, too bad would- for them. It is. I would say if you just picked up an amp mobile phone, return it immediately. Get your money yeah. back as fast as you can. If I had to, if I had to venture a prediction, I would say most of the retail outlets that they have will be closing within the next week. And um, I would, I would say that um, if you're, if there's any way you can get out of a, a contract with them, now is probably a good time to do it because um, you don't know what's going to happen with them. And like I said, especially with their MVNO status, they they could be could be all but uh you know all but a paperweight for anything that <laughs> any phone that you own f- with them right now so yeah. well some 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 issues uh up in Canada and so our Canadian listeners may or may not appreciate this story the uh the cell phone signals that are radiated out from a cell phone tower are obviously uh designed in a way to cover a, a very large distance um the problem with this um, radiation out in a 360-degree pattern is that it does not take into account for territorial or political boundaries, and some of the Native American uh, tribes up in Canada are upset that Manitoba Telecom is, has their, their signals crossing over their land um, and into some of their, their airspace, of course. And so what they're doing is... They are a number of the chiefs from the tribes up there in Manitoba are in the process of negotiating revenue sharing agreements for the signals. Um, what's interesting about this one, and what what could really be argued about this, is uh, y- you look at and this is Joe. You mentioned this before the show, the whole sovereign nation um, argument. And um, here in the U.S., uh, the the Navajo Nation, which is up in in uh, northeast Arizona is the biggest reservation, and they subsidized a ton to the whatever carrier would cover them with towers. So what ended up happening was Cellular One here in Arizona ended up doing it uh, with their GSM 850 megahertz uh, uh, signals. So, and, and now you have uh, you know, a, 
a, a tribes or a multiple tribes up there that are saying, you know what, we, we want to be in on, on the, on the revenue with this. And, uh, I, I don't know where they're going to, where this, where they're going to stand in this argument and, and if they're going to be able to do it, because that's, that's pretty tough to be able to, you know, to set a boundary for that. I mean, you figure you've got things like radio stations and TV stations and those types of things that are also, you know, filtering in and, and they, they have no way of, of blocking anything like that, you know? Yeah. It's just like, I know on the Arizona, Mexico border that there's a bunch of really high powered stations right on the border, you know, that can send uh, very far into Arizona because um, they they don't have they're not under the FCC regulation for power output. So uh, this kind of thing, they'll probably work out a deal where they'll get some sort of either revenue sharing uh, agreement for the signals. Um, uh, you know, they kind of the, in the story, they said they were doing that. And I'm sure they'll work that out. That probably won't be a deal. Yeah, I I would I would hope that they wouldn't get into a situation where, especially for the people who live on the reservation land and have an issue or don't have an issue with the fact, that in fact, they are actually using the signals where they have to have to, you know, not use the service anymore. Because I know I wouldn't be happy about it if I were them. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, they could possibly you know turn off the towers that point in those directions of the nation. You know, in in their uh, the tribal land, they could probably turn off that tower you know, the side of the tower or whichever ones radiate that direction. So how about a minimize the impact? How about a very large Faraday cage? There you go. <laughs> Screen it in. Screen the whole, at least that one side of the reservation in. Well, speaking of Faraday cages, this next story, we talked about cell phone signal blocking paint. Now we have uh, transparent window film and this is a film that could be put on any sort of looks like windows. It's uh, kind of reminds me of a shrink wrap type um, substance, and it will block out Wi-Fi and cell phone and probably any other RF signal uh, that may trying to float in or out of the windows of your house, your office building, um, or any other um, area that you're trying to enclose. And the uh, the Defense Department. Uh, is working on this, and their supplier, LL or L Luminar Signal Defense, um, is what they're trying to to block, you know, information from getting out on a wireless signal from over 200 federal facilities. So, you know, you can uh, you can imagine that this is going to be an interesting one for someone who is is looking is really very nervous or uh, you know concerned about maybe their data getting out if they have a wireless network or maybe they just don't want all that RF floating inside their house. This is a, a real easy way to do it. Um, yeah, it is. It's it's like you know. it's just like a uh, kind of like a car window tint film where it uh, just has a lot more layers of metal and metal oxide to absorb and block the the RF signals. Yeah, and you know, for me, I I encourage the 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 RF to come in because that gives us better cell phone reception. And obviously I like to, to take in, um, you know, radio stations and TV stations and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's something if, if you're on the opposite side of that spectrum, this, this will work for you. The, uh, looks like Qualcomm's got some, got some issues here. Um, at least a a headache in, in the midst. Um, they're, the U.S. International Trade Commission has banned the import of all future models of phones that, u- that use 3G technology that has been developed by Qualcomm because it's been found to infringe on a patent that's held by Broadcom. 
So what does that mean? Well, it means the ban of future, um, the, there's a ban, or there could be a ban on the import of future cell phone models that use the technology that really could have a substantial impact on a lot of us here in the United States uh, that use Verizon, Sprint, Nextel, Altel, um, any of those CDMA carriers that rely on the Qualcomm uh, chipset and the third generation chipset for the new high sp for high speed data, uh, but then as well as uh, manufacturers such as Motorola, uh, who pretty much use their chipsets for everything that they do. So this this one, Joey, you you threw in here, and I know you've got some comments on this one as well. And 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 it, will this happen, or or where where this one's going to end up, you know, falling here when it's all shaken out? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't worked out a deal to, you know, to license the patents from Broadcom, you know, since they found to be infringing. Um, I'm sure they're probably working on it, but usually those things take a lot of time. And it, uh, it, it I'm sure Broadcom issued the request to get the import stopped. Um, later on in the story, it talks about that the, uh, the chance of actually getting the ban put into place is actually pretty low. Um, they said there's only five in the past, uh, it, within 600 investigations over the past, what, 30-some years. Um, so I'm sure they'll work out an agreement at the last minute to before the uh, ban actually takes effect. Um, the story also mentions that Verizon is appealing the decision as well because, obviously, they're directly affected pretty drastically. You know, if they can't have new handsets, you know how much that'll hurt them, so... Oh yeah, um, I I, I kind of doubt this will happen, but it it's very possible, especially if they cannot work out an agreement with, uh, you know, either licensing the patents or buying out the patents. Yeah, and and you mentioned that the since 1974 they've had 600 investigations, um, that in which case only a handful of them have have come to have come to be uh, enacted. So I I don't yeah. see as as being something. Uh, too big, but it, it brings up, uh, you know, brings up a, something that they're going to have to deal with right now. So uh, we'll make sure to keep everyone updated on that story as it progresses, and and if anything does happen, because could hurt the industry to see to see Qualcomm have some uh, have some restrictions on what they can do. Well, Verizon, as we've talked about in the past, has unlimited data for their phones or their PC cards, um, but that word unlimited should be translated to mean five gigabytes per month for any subscriber that has their services. Well, according to uh, the Boy Genius report here in a story that uh, um, could uh, potentially uh, be a big blow for, for Verizon, they're saying that they have lowered that cap to four gigabytes. So anyone caught using more than four gigabytes of data in a single month would be presumed to be using the service in an inappropriate manner, like running a server or streaming a lot of video or audio content. And if your account gets flagged, you may be charged um, the overage fees for any overage overages that you have over that four gigabytes a month, um, or you could be terminated um, for using the service in an appropriate way. So a four gigabyte plan is really what you need to be looking at if you're looking at Verizon's unlimited data. And I know this really gets a lot of people worked up because you buy the service because you want to be able to use it anytime. And you don't want to have to think about when you're using it or how much you're using it or anything like that. So um, I, I will be interested to see if there's anybody that actually, you know, comes in and says, you know, my account got terminated because I hit, you know, four gigabytes and 
Um, you know, and if they decide to change their their verbiage at all, or if they will continue to say that it's a four gigabyte plan, or I mean an unlimited plan, when they really should be stating it's four gigs. So I've got a PC card, um, you know, as well as Verizon eVideo service on my phone, and and I'll be honest, I don't use it uh, nearly that much every month. But if there was someone that was extremely mobile and was on this on their laptop, let's say every day while they're out maybe in a vehicle or something like that. And I could see this no problem. I mean, four gigabytes is, is not a whole lot. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's, that's something that you could easily blow through. Yeah, especially if you like podcasts uh, related to technology or uh, something like that. Yeah, um, you easily download podcast, you know, 30, 40 megs at a time. And if you're downloading, well, in fact, Matt, you know, our, our, our host Matt from the show, he, uh, he had had some, some, some times where he was saying he was well over two gigabytes a month just from his podcast downloading alone. So that's a, that's a great point. And I know we've uh, talked about this, you know, in the past with the, when we kind of got the five gigabyte limit, we started seeing, um, you know, I know in the user forums, you'll see the, the uh, occasional user saying I got banned. Um, you know, obviously that's a pretty small percentage of people who are getting banned, but at the same time, it really is deceptive advertising when they say it is unlimited and, you know, maybe in the fine print, they'll add this. Oh, you can't go over four gigabytes. But on the other side of things, how do you even measure your data usage? I mean, is, uh, it, you know, it's hard to think of that beforehand and then go and look at it. Because with Verizon, you can actually see it right on the website. You can kind of check your progress as the month goes on. If you log into Verizon Wireless's my account, you are able to view and see where you're standing for the month. Um, in my case, my month expire or not expires, but my month changes over at a different time than looks like the minutes change over, at least from what I can tell. So it's kind of goofy. Every once in a while, I'll log in and I'll see that my my data usage is is really really low, and so I'll know that my month has switched over. But then I won't be able. But my minutes won't have switched over yet. But you know, you can still go and kind of look and have an idea. But if you're someone who's even getting close to this cap, you're probably going to know. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be doing a lot of something to get to get that up there. Uh, whether it's you know maybe it's just a lot of email and web surfing during the day, but it's going to be a lot of whatever it is. Um, so you'll you'll have you a know, yeah. And instead of just like terminating your you know giving you fines, why don't they just stop the data flow at four? Just stop it. You know you run out of your four gigs up, no more data. You know, but. You know, that would be kind of the nice way to do it. But instead, they'll charge you or terminate your service, but, you know, make it a big headache. So they yeah. could maybe go about it a different way, too. So if you're if you're someone who who uses it, just keep that in mind and um, check check your account to kind of see where you're at. In most cases, you're probably not going to have an issue with it, but just something to keep in mind. Well, an iPhone competitor, perhaps here, we'll jump into uh, some of our devices that we want to talk about this week. The HTC Touch with a touch flow and what it is is it's a very very similar design to what everyone has come to know as the the iPhone design where uh, it's a it's a device with a big screen it's got uh, one button at the bottom actually this one has three buttons at the bottom but we'll, we'll <laughs> we won't talk about that a big button at the bottom and a, uh, a headset at the top and it is a Windows Mobile 6 device which is uh, has a 2.8-inch display. It runs the OMAP 850 processor, has tri-band 900, 1800, and 1900 GSM in it. So I believe, if I remember correctly, this is going to be out 
in Europe in the next probably six months, but it is probably later. No, excuse me, with, within the re, uh, later this month. Um, it is now available in the UK, but through the rest of the Europe um, it, within the next month. Also out in Asia and uh, probably within North, North America in the second half of this year. So probably sometime in the next six months. Anyway, um, 900, 1800, 1900 GSM. Notice I did not say 850. So we'll see if that North American version comes with the uh, 850, 1800, 1900 bands like we are so, or 900 and uh, uh, my, my alphabet soup here of numbers. Probably a tri-band 850, 900 and 1900 GSM is what we what we may see. So anyway, uh, Edge, no HSDPA or UMTS packed in there, at least as far as the initial reports on it. 802.11 B and G, uh, Wi-Fi is included, Bluetooth 2.0, and a one gigabyte micro SD expansion slot as well as your two megapixel camera. What makes this so much so special, other than the fact that it's just a big screen, is the fact that it has this special touch flow user interface which, as Joey has pointed out, it really is a, an application that's been set on top of the traditional uh, Windows Mobile 6 platform. And in fact, you, uh, you enter into this mode by sliding your finger up on the screen, and it shows you a, a rather um, unique way of flowing through or, or flipping through your, your, the items on your screen. But then as soon as you go to, let's say, play a song, it just launches Windows media player and you're just kind of back at the regular old windows mobile interface yeah it seems to be like uh they could have gone further with the touch flow as far as the video that i saw on uh, one of your links there um granted for most of your your usage the it's probably sped up and a lot faster and easier to use but on the other side of things they could have probably wrote some more front ends for something like the media player where you can actually you know, use your big finger to activate the song list where, you know, on the screen it even shows it to be a pretty, pretty tiny list. So it, it may be better than what it looks on the video demonstration just because they're trying to demonstrate it. But we'll see. Maybe they'll improve it. Uh, I'm I, I'm skeptical. I'm a little, little wary of these kind of uh, devices where they try to, you know, quote-unquote hack on a, a user interface that looks nice because usually you're just left with frustration when it when the interface is then inconsistent between Windows Mobile 6 and what they wrote for the front end so this is well, where the uh, the iPhone could really you know shine well and to the iPhones to the point and the in the comparison of it this device is not a multi touch screen like the iPhone is this is a looks like a single uh you know touch where you can uh you know, scroll side to side or up and down or select certain things. But when it comes down to it, it really is just Windows Mobile 6 with the user interface that is on top of it. And there have been there have been multiple reviews that have been done out there. They got they got a bunch of these into the hands of, of some different reviewers. So that was that was very good. Um, and uh, so there's multiple people out there that have been able to have been able to try it out. And and I've got some links here. So if you're interested in in watching some videos of it, I'll include some links so you can kind of see what other people have thought about this. Well, the HTC uh, support just keeps coming here. HTC Mogul uh, is going to potentially uh, drop on the Sprint website on June 18th. 
It is one that we actually talked about a few months ago, Joey. On April 22nd, we talked about the potential launch of the Sprint PPC 6800, which we were calling the Titan at the time, uh, and we linked to an Engadget story at that point. And the uh, Engadget is now saying that it's going to be launched on the 18th of June. And what it is is a an upgrade to your the 6700 device that that they have out right now. Um, it's going to be approximately $550, and it is looks like a Windows Mobile 6 device with more memory, up to 128 megabytes of uh, ROM, uh, or excuse me, uh, 256 megabytes of ROM, and uh, a 512 megabyte micro SD memory card included as well as uh, a few other small enhancements as well, upgradable to EVDO Reve, stuff like that. So, but uh, yeah, two months later, Joey, we, uh, we, <laughs> we kind of see it coming. So it's kind of fun to be able to look back and, and see stuff that we talked about in the past and, and see that it's coming out now. Yeah, and this looks like a nice all-around, um, I mean, you had a similar device to this. It's, a, it's actually a pretty nice form factor where it's got the, the slide-out full QWERTY keyboard and the, the screen switches to landscape when you open it. And, um, you know, it's a little bit bigger, but this one says it's, uh, it's a little thinner. It doesn't have an antenna, so it should uh, be a little bit easier in the pocket um, or on the hip. So it, it, it should be a pretty decent. It'll probably be a pretty consistent seller. Yeah, I would say this is probably very business-oriented device. Um, from what I've seen, a lot of uh, people who, who move their businesses to a, um, a push email service through Exchange servers like to have the full pocket PC versions of uh, Windows Mobile. So this would be uh, this would be their new option for them. So that's great. On the software side of things, the BlackBerry user, uh, which I am now, and I am aware of this update that's happened here, and it's very neat. And what we have here is BlackBerry has upgraded their BlackBerry Internet service, the BIS, to from version 2.1 to 2.3. And uh, so if you're using a Gmail or Yahoo account, you now uh, see will see full two-way wireless synchronization, which includes deleted emails, um, auto-forwarding from BIS email addresses, as well as read and unread message counts that are continually updated uh, over the air. So uh, the the upgrade, in my opinion, went very very smooth. I was uh, on Monday morning was was going through some of my emails and noticed um, that things were actually synchronizing. And I, I it was I kind of looked at it and I it, it kind of took me by surprise because I had not seen that yet. So another step closer to making the uh, the BIS look a lot like the BES, the BlackBerry Enterprise service that uh, a lot of the enterprises are used to using. So uh, great little upgrade there for the BlackBerry customers. On the other side of things, Palm has pulled their 700P uh, maintenance release that was, uh, that was put out there a couple of weeks ago. And they're saying that they've received reports of an installation issue that causes the device to continuously reset when applying the software upgrade. So they've removed it from their site. They're investigating the issue and will make the, available, the update available again uh, w as soon as they possibly can. Um, they uh, give some, some contact information there. So if you have this particular issue, you can uh, go on to their palm.com slash support page or give them a call 866-750-7256 and they'll be able to help you out with what you need to do to get your, your 700p back working the way that you want it to. The uh, Windows Mobile Device Center 6.1 is now available for Windows Vista users. So if you are a 
Windows Mobile device user and have Vista, um, you can now get your the uh, Device Center 6.1. And the features that are included in it now are information rights management activation, so you can automatically configure Windows Mobile 6 to open IRM-protected documents and files. HTML email, uh, so you can set up your Windows Mobile 6 device to sync with HTML formatted email. Certificate enrollment, um, so it can acquire certificates through the PC the Windows Mobile 6 device is currently connected to allows data connections on the Windows Mobile 6 device when it's connected to the PC, and file synchronization uh, for the smartphone, so you can synchronize your files um, with Windows Mobile 6 devices, including touch and non-touch screen devices. Um, a great upgrade here, and Joey, as you pointed out, fully compatible with any Windows Mobile 2003 device or later, so that's pretty good. AT&T is announcing that they have their new Telenav traffic support available now. And so if you are a user of AT&T and you would like to have a GPS-type service on your device, you can go on and download the Telenav GPS Navigator and be able to have voice and on-screen turn, on turn-by-turn directions. Um, you can type in an email or a, an address, and it will get you to that address. Uh, with a lot of ease, as well as pull up information about uh, where you can buy uh, gas for the lowest prices, where you can find a parking lot uh, if you are in a city that's unfamiliar to you and you want to park, um, and as well as a pedestrian mode. So if you're on a walk with your phone, you can walk through the streets of wherever you are and be able to follow that. You know, kind of on an unrelated note, but I'm just reading through this story and kind of looking at this. Have you had a chance to look at the new uh, Google Maps Street View, Joey? Yes, I have, in fact. I, I was very impressed with this, and I, and I have to say I, I can't wait for this to come out um, if they can get this on the, on, the mobile, on the mobile device, you know? It would Walking be like around, virtually, being able to see. virtually driving. Yeah, it would be bizarre, kind of. <laughs> you could see what you're seeing on the phone Ex and exactly. in Exactly. Yeah, and, and what's great about that is you're you're walking through wherever you are, and you go, okay, well, I, I really would like to go get, uh, you know, whatever it is, a cup of coffee. And so you can you can zoom in, and you can look at the street view, because, you know, as, as a lot of people have said, you know, a lot of people drive by landmarks. They don't really use streets. And uh, so that could be kind of an interesting interesting way of looking while you're on the move of uh, what where you're at and what's around you you know it also means you can just kind of take a walk down the street without actually walking down the street because you can just you know sit at a computer and pretend you're walking down the street exactly and well you're not going to get that with the new telenav service from at&t <laughs> <laughs> just something to uh to consider for the future i guess right yep uh questions here first question from ardran we've heard from uh Mr. Dran before, and he says, Mickey, I love listening to your podcast on my Windows mobile device, the Motorola Q. Uh, I don't love it when the media player decides it's time to bail in the middle of the hour-long show. Is this just one of those things I'm going to have to live with, or is there a fix for it? I searched for help on the Internet to no avail. Well, you know, from my experience, this isn't real typical, um, but it can happen. Um, I found that some of the programs on the queue and others window mobile under other windows mobile devices um, in general um, were about as stable as the ones that you'll find on any windows windows machine um, in our an XP machine or windows 2000 machine a lot of them are great you'll never have a single problem with them and some of them you just have you know consistent chronic issues with so I wouldn't say that 
it's something that you'll you'll find all the time it, it um if you're having multiple issues with it I would recommend uh, probably the best media playing program that's out there right now is one that's called TCPMP, and I'll include a link in the show notes here. So if, if others out there would like to download it, you can go and do that as well. Um, it's a media playing program that I have been very happy with. I use it uh, on the PDA that I still have for any video or uh, music playing that I have to do, and it's, it's much more stable than the Windows Media Player. So check it out. Let me know what you think about that one. Um, What's the what's the cost on that one? That one is, uh, I believe, this is the free version. This is the free one. There's a couple that are out there, um, and I think TCPMP is the one that is free. Um, I have to verify that, but uh, I believe that's that is correct. Uh, question here from Alan. Alan says, "I've enjoyed your past couple shows, and now I need some help with the phone and carrier selection." You are very helpful in an earlier issue of sending text messages overseas, so I'm hoping that you can help me out with this one as well. I'm a long-term Verizon subscriber, and I've been using the LG VX4400. That was a hand-me-down from my daughter. My contract is long over, and I'm finally thinking it's time for a new phone. Nothing at Verizon has caught my attention. My work has changed, and I'm not nearly as mobile as I used to be. I'm looking for the primary ability to make calls, but not a lot, do some texting, have internet access for RSS reading, occasional emails, and viewing websites. While being able to do, uh, do these internet activities on the phone is valuable, I expect I'm actually looking for a phone to connect to the internet but use my iPad connected through Bluetooth most of the time. I was at the Singular store today, and I like the Samsung Sync, which is both Edge and HSDPA, and it is small, light, and has Java-powered applications for email and the web. However, $60 a month for HSDPA is uh, too steep of a price to pay for the amount that I'm expecting to use it. Uh, do you know if there are any devices that would allow me to use the Edge connections of T-Mobile and Bluetooth to accomplish my goals? I'm willing to buy an unlocked phone if it meets my needs rather than being stuck with something that doesn't. My daughter has T-Mobile uh, with the Nokia E61. I plan on setting her up with internet service and, tr and then try to tether my iPad. Uh, just to make sure that I'm satisfied with the service. Also, I like your idea of using a prepaid SIM card. Uh, that was terrific. I'm going to get one to put my unused Nokia uh, that we have to test out the T-Mobile service uh, near my work and on my commute. And uh, I appreciate Alan very much for writing in with uh, with all those questions. So let's kind of take them one at a time here. Uh, you've done a lot of good research. You you know, looking at Verizon Singular and now T-Mobile on your issue. Um, you know, trying to pair your uh, your daughter's E61 with your iPad will be very good. It will show you how it works uh, on the Nokia devices. Uh, you know, also you mentioned the idea of getting a prepaid SIM card to test out your T-Mobile coverage uh, is is a really good idea because for for very very cheap, um, you know, going off of Joey's recommendation from many many shows ago, getting a T-Mobile uh, prepaid SIM card online and then uh, throwing it in an unlocked phone for Less than ten dollars, right, Joe? I mean, it, it yeah. real. It, I mean, it's really very, very cheap. Um, I I just did it. In fact, you know, I've I've been using my T-Mobile service for a week now and uh, having a great time with it because I know, you know, for the amount that I paid for it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it was it, it was just something to play with and try out. And you know, at the end of it, if I decide to continue re-upping, I can certainly do so and not be a big deal. Um, you know, and you can even get a, you can buy one online and and get the the cheap rates of it, and then use a Grand Central number. Hopefully, if that if they have numbers available in your area to reroute um, any calls to that phone or your home phone or or whatever you want to do. So that's great. But back to the the topic at hand here. Um, 
I have in the past paired a Nokia 6230 with an iPad 3115 to surf the web on the iPad. Now, I did use Singular when I was doing this, but I had absolutely zero issues. So what I will tell you is that if you use um, any Nokia phone, you'll prob with the Bluetooth uh, done profile, that, that dial-up networking profile, you really shouldn't have any issues, at least that, that I can foresee with doing that. Um, I just looked at the, the phone choices that are available on T-Mobile, and I really don't like anything that's out there. I don't know that any of them are going to work quite right for you. So um, I would look at some different unlocked Nokias and try and find um, find some information on the ones, or try and find one that you'd like and you'd be happy using and carrying around with you all the time, and then try the pairing process, um, or look at look for some information on the pairing process if people have been able to do that um, with uh, Bluetooth devices, and that will... Uh, that will kind of give you some recommendations and and uh, and uh, some ideas of where you can go with that. And Mickey, if uh, if you if if Alan was looking for something like a Motorola Q, I uh, had an experience this week where I used a piece of software called PDA Net to allow a dial-up connection profile on Sprint's network um, using the phone and a USB cable, which I think you can also use Bluetooth for that. And that worked really slick um, for getting a mobile wireless connection as well. Um, I think you mentioned you'd uh, tried that out in a previous lifetime, in previous a pre cell phone, yeah, previous cell phone lifetime. Exactly, uh, thirty-five dollars. You can purchase that. Um, a lot of different uh, website software stores carry that, and so you can pick that up at a lot of different places, including QUsers.com. Um, yeah, it works. That works well. So if you're looking to if you're looking to do any pairing of uh, you know of a of a Windows mobile device with a computer to get on data, that's a great one as well. So um, definitely check that out as well. And and Alan, if you if you find some phones that you're interested in that you want some you want us to take a look at and see what we can research as well on them, please let us know. Or anybody that's out there, if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to pass on to us uh, to get answered for you on the show, the, uh, the junkie at gmail.com is our website address, or you can give us a call at 602-903-4116, and we will go ahead and answer your questions, or just read your comments on the show. We love doing that, so keep them coming. Well, Joey, that is show number 54. Uh, we will be back probably early uh, next week. So make sure you take, a, take a, your, um, your news aggregator or your, your podcast aggregator for a ride probably later in this week. I would say probably Thursday we'll be doing show number 55. Uh, got, a, got a few conflicts coming up here in the next few weekends. And uh, so these will probably be releasing shows in the middle of the week. Um, my wife and I just purchased a brand new house, and so we're going to be we're going to be moving and also doing some traveling, uh, some for some personal travel as well. And so we will not be available on weekends. So lots of stuff going on, um, but we'll make sure that we get everyone uh, informed with all their weekly news and stuff that comes out here because um, you know lots of stuff going on and uh, don't want to have don't want to ha miss any of it. So. Uh, with that being said, Joey, thank you very much for your time this morning, and uh, until next weekend, have a good one.